Hello, it's Robin Vinter here and you're listening to Entrepreneurd, the podcast that's all about the untold stories behind business. Last week you heard from Suki Jutler, whose devastating story about her father's death being her push to become an entrepreneur had some listeners in tears according to the phone calls I got. But I promise you, we've got something much lighter for episode two. Today's show is about being one of the little guys, but pretending to be a major player. And we've got an amusing story of the risk one business took to achieve this, with a little help from comedians Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. So picture this. You've had a great idea for a business, a unique model that you know will work. You're all set up. All that's missing is your customers. It's when you start as a business and you don't have a track record, you don't have a product, how do you get going? Because clients want to see the product and they want to know that you've worked with other clients and they want to know what success you've had in order for them to then put their money where they are. So it's a chicken and egg situation. This is Alison Essie, one of the four founders of a business called The Storytellers. As the name suggests, The Storytellers specialises in telling a story of a company, communicating information from senior management all the way down the hierarchy to those on the ground floor, but in a way that's engaging and relevant at each level. When they launched the business 12 years ago, pretty much nobody else was doing what they did. And yet, the storytellers soon got some household names on board. Um, so, yes, pitching, I think our first clients were Boots, Marks & Spencer, we did some work for. Um, we worked with Yell, um, and then we just sort of, it's like a stone gathering moss. We just got more and more clients. And then, and then our representation, and this is a really important thing for any entrepreneurs out there, <laughs> um, reputation is everything. Uh, word of mouth, referrals, is how we get our business. But building this amazing reputation from nothing, when your product is something people have never experienced before, isn't easy. That was the challenge for us because we weren't starting out in an existing, already established industry. We were pioneering a completely new product with a completely new idea. How do you how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you create a demand for something when it doesn't already exist? Well, some businesses start small. They work with other SMEs to prove their proposition works before they gradually win over those in the big leagues, over years or even decades. But what if your unique product only works for big clients? Like, what if you literally have to start pitching to the FTSE 100 straight away? How on earth do you do that? That was the exact position Alison, who sells a marketing director, and her three co-founders were in when they launched The Storytellers. Um, the first few years, the first initial years were really about formulating this proposition you know what 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 are we because <laughs> we didn't even know ourselves what we were um, and trying to get some clients to to come on board I mean, we're talking about big corporate clients and it's not easy to get to just walk into big corporate clients and say hey you know come and do this really crazy thing that nobody else is doing it's you know that that costs money the founders of course went down the usual routes but when we first started, I spent all the time on the phone calling companies up, getting rejected. I mean, you half the time you can't even get through to the right person. And it was just about relentless calling and faith that we had such a great proposition and being so passionate about it that somebody at some point would say, yes, I'm interested. So we know the exhausting process of relentlessly cold calling, contact building and pitching like mad does help build a client base. 
But there are other things you can use to your advantage too. I mean, what, what did make a lot of difference was our previous experience. We may have worked in different businesses, but we all had a collective experience of working with very large organisations. So we weren't making it up. We knew what the issues were. We could talk from our own experience. And it was all completely true. You know, we, we all had big business experience that we could bring to the table and talk to clients about the kind of issues that they might be facing and draw on our experience to be able to convince a client that actually we do understand your issue, we do know what we're talking about. Um, but it, it's, it is, there is no doubt about it, until you have a few clients on, under your belt as on a client list, clients always want to know who you've worked with before. It's almost like a safety net for them. And they also want to often talk to those clients. So we started off, um, we were very lucky, we had a, a few friendly clients already who were prepared to give us a go, um, and, and that's how we really started to build this amazing, amazing client list. Alongside all that, a little uh, creativity can lend a hand too. Here is possibly one of the best examples I've heard of using a little resourcefulness to disguise how small you are. So we, we're all working from home and, um, well, I say we all, there were four of us, and then we got our first employee and thought, well, we, we can't work from home anymore, we, we had to find a place in London. But of course we had very little money because we have very few clients. So we found a very inexpensive little sort of garret townhouse um, in Percy Street, in just off Tottenham Court Road, which we shared with Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. And uh, they had the, they were a few steps down from our little grubby office upstairs, and we also shared that little office with Nigel Barton, who who was the food critic for Radio Two. So we had this very merry little band of people. It was fantastic fun, and um, we, you know, we start, we started to work and get get clients in, and inevitably some clients felt they needed to come and see us in our London office. Um, bear in mind we're dealing with clients up in Scotland clients over in the US You know, they, they do come to you and you do have to see them so um, this office was just a very uh, narrow little townhouse it was not very glamorous at all um, and we only had one room and we have always punched well above our weight I think in terms of sort of the image that we've portrayed. I mean, now we've, we're living up to the image. You can see this place absolutely outstanding. I got a tour of their office in South Kensington, and I can confirm it is spectacular. It used to be an artist residence, which was visited by Winston Churchill, King George V, and Oscar Wilde. Anyway, back to the story. Um, but at the time, there, w- there was a little bit of sort of uh, positioning ourselves, perhaps a little bit more advanced than where we were. And one client came down from Scotland, and he we were going to a black tie, I think we were entertaining him, we were taking him to a black tie event, and he arrived in his dinner jacket, and we couldn't show him this one single room that we all sort of squashed together in, so we asked um, Ricky and the other residents if we could put signs on the doors of each of the rooms, including the bathroom, to, 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 to sort of label whose office it was, so I think the bathroom became the CEO's office, um, because it was unlikely he'd want to go in there. And, um, and we just had these sort of uh, labels that made us look much bigger than we really were. It was so funny. And then we thought, crikey, what happens if he needs to go to the loo? <laughs> 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 we're going to show 
bring him into the CEO's <laughs> office. And there was a, so it was very amusing. Um, but you got away with it. We got away with it, yeah. And um, and I'm very happy to say that now we don't need to do any of that because you can see this office is beautiful. But um, but in the early days, you do have to do things like that. You have to you have to portray an image which you're maybe aspiring to, but not you're not necessarily quite there. And you'll hear lots of stories about people who are working from their bedrooms. But the image they portray is that they're a you know, really successful business in the heart of London. And actually, it's, it may even just be a P.O. box. Thanks to a little imagination and a lot of pitching, the Storytellers has now had more than 160 big-name clients. Like Alison said at the start, a good reputation has been crucial to their success. But it doesn't stop with a good name. The Storytellers has had to keep innovating to stay on top of the category they pretty much created. We still see ourselves as entrepreneurs. Um, I, I think that there are some really big businesses out there that are still uh, have an entrepreneurial mindset, and we are one of them. I mean, we're we're not huge. Um, you know, we have a small team, a relatively small team here. We work with huge businesses um, who, you know, I think I think we've done incredibly well. But we're still learning, we're still pioneering, and we're still always looking for that path that nobody has really gone down before in the way that we do things. It's easy for people to copy us in a way because we have a website, you know, it's our shop window. So you can glean a lot from what other people are doing and then try and copy them. So our protection against that is to just be brilliant at what we do, not go public on how we do it, but just talk about the successes that we've had. Finally, the most important thing they've learned in building the business from scratch was to keep hold of the company's vision. The lesson I think we learned was never let go of that vision of what you want to be. You know, uphold it. Unless it's strategically, you need to have a different vision. But I think, you know, if that's what makes you know is going to make you successful, then you've got to stick with that. And do not, do not allow anything to come and, and stand in its way or anybody stand in its way because it's that absolute unshakable foundation of, of, of what we are that continues to make us successful today. So that was episode two for you guys. If you want to find out more about The Storytellers, they of course have a website. It's www.thestorytellers.com. Thanks again this week to the team at London Loves Business. The music we used in today's podcast is by Chablanc Music, who you can find on SoundCloud. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Also check out our website at londonlovesbusiness.com, which features a story from this week's podcast, along with all our other business news and features. Finally, if you're an entrepreneur with a tale to tell and want to be featured in an upcoming episode on the next series of Entrepreneurd, drop us an email at entrepreneurd at londonlovesbusiness.com as we're always on the lookout for new stories. Thanks and see you next week.